Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's San Francisco and the incomparable forward, Rick Barry. Behind the end line, they burn him again, and it's Barry. And now Rick Barry, the league's leading scorer. What a superb basketball player he is. Hey everybody, Rick Perry here with my sidekick Severed Statues, who looks like the Wolfman from the old TV shows because he hasn't been shaving or doing anything. And thank God that he's not out in public. Uh, <laughs> the, the surf man has been out surfing and he has not been to the barber. So uh, welcome. We haven't uh, had to do a show for quite some time because there really hasn't been very much happening in the world of, of basketball. Um, so, and of course, uh, my Warriors uh, aren't a part of the bubble experiment that's going on right now, or not even the experiment. It's an experience that's taking place right now. And some interesting things going out of there. Uh, the big rumor I had heard the other day, but I was trying to verify it and going online to find a story about it. Supposedly some of the guys went out of the bubble and were at a strip club for several hours, but I've seen nothing to uh, authenticate that or to validate it. So who knows? A couple of guys did do some things that they, they went out to get some food and and violated the bubble and they had to get uh, they had to get quarantined for a little while, but nothing of any significance. And the thing I got the most kick out of Cyrus is uh, <laughs> I can't believe that he did it jokingly. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith coming out and saying that the guys are definitely going to break it. and They're going to break it because for sex and all have to be away that long. I thought that the families were going down there as well, but they said the families and other people aren't going to be there until after they get into the playoffs. Uh, so who the heck knows what's going on for those guys. But you know what? They spend so much time playing all the video games and uh, whatever League of Legends and all the other stuff that's there. You've got, I'm sure they got the big screen TVs. I don't know if they have smart TVs there or not or whether or not, but they sure they all have their computers or laptops or whatever it may be and use their smartphones to get on Netflix or you know, Amazon Prime. And I mean, you can, you, and you know what? You can actually do something. I mean, you got a lot of time on your hands. You can actually do something productive and maybe, you know, learn a language, uh, study something to actually learn something meaningful instead of playing the video games all the time. I mean, there's a lot of, it's just a matter of, you know, your personal preference and, and what's important to you. But I haven't found anything difficult to be able to, you know, find stuff to do. There's so much to do today with the electronic media that's available yeah. to you. I mean, my heavens, and you can binge on all kinds of series that are out there. There's a lot of great stuff to watch. So anyway, it is what it is. We're going to see how they play. I'm looking forward to seeing the quality of play, how, how bad it's going to be. I mean, because I don't <laughs> think it's really good initially, to be honest yeah. with you. And if it is, Hey, kudos to the guys and, you know, for the guys that were out there and put the time and the effort in, it took it really seriously. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. You know, if, two things from pig, from what you just said, one, I, I feel like this, um, this, this new bubble that they're in and, and the media coverage of it is kind of revealing what the two biggest passions of NBA players are video games and strip clubs. Um, it's, it's funny. I like Rayhan, uh, Rahan Rondo, for example, uh, complained about his hotel room. I, that was one of the nicest rooms I've ever stayed in based on that picture. Um, so the lifestyle, you, you're seeing what the lifestyle is that they're accustomed to. Nice hotels, freedom to socialize, which most of them clearly do on a regular basis and they're struggling with right now not doing so. Um, they love their video games. Call of Duty is another big one they love to play as well. Um, Dwight Howard was in the news for being busted for the, 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 snitch line. Right. I think someone snitched on him for, I don't know. What was it for leaving the bubble or I forgot what it was that he actually did that they snitched on him for. Um, we also learned that Dwight Howard is an anti-vaxxer, which was kind of weird. Um, yeah. And then you have Lou Williams who basically told the team, <laughs> the Clippers, a championship contending team that he needs to leave for personal family reasons. And, and he was spotted at a strip club and no one seems to be criticizing him that much for it. I don't know if I'd be as take it as lightly as the team has, but uh, that's me. I mean, if your team is literally a legitimate championship contender, I, I, I would expect you to take it more seriously, I suppose. But it's also, again, there are these six, seven, eight, how many games are they even playing when they come back before they start the playoffs? Eight? Like eight or so, eight games, nine games, something like that. So these are just preseason games, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, these well, aren't really, out. I mean, they're going to have some, some, you know, they're going to have some, some games to practice, I guess, and get themselves in some semblance of shape and, you know, we'll see how it goes. But here, my, my point about this is, is that when I hear this stuff, it's all about your personal responsibility. 
to life in general and your attitude. Yeah. Being paid for the majority. I mean, I mean, 90 something percent of the guys there are getting paid millions of millions of dollars. Okay. I mean, only the lowest paid guy, I think it was 820 plus they get from, from NBA properties, they get some other money. So the, the lowest paid guy is probably making at least a million dollars or pretty darn close to it. Close right? to that. Yeah. So you're getting right. paid that much money. If there are rules and things that you have to follow in order to be able to not screw things up for what they're trying to accomplish there, if anybody breaks the rules, they should be severely, severely punished with, with big time fines. Because, I mean, you go out and you, you screw around, you go to a club and you get out of the bubble, you come back and start infecting people. You're destroying the entire purpose of what it's being done for mm -hmm. in order to be able to have the season go on, to be able to get paid. I mean, you're screwing up a lot of people's lives, seriously. And so anybody that does that deserves to be punished severely, I think. I, that's, that's my feeling. I mean, big-time money. Uh, suspension of games, whatever it may be. So, that I, but it has to be severe. I really do believe that. I agree. This is not a joke. You. I mean, I mean, as crazy as it is, and as overblown as that, you know, we've talked about this before. As overblown as I think this is, and unfortunately, it's got political overtones to it, which I'm not even going to get into. Well, avoid the political stuff. There is no, some I'm stuff saying, that I'm is saying, fact saying, that even though it reality. has all of that stuff, it's yeah. still a situation where people can get it. You know, can get it effect infected. It's not like it's going to be life threatening to people and all. But the NBA has gone to great expense to try to put together a scenario in order to finish out the season and try to get through this. So you're part of the NBA. You're part of a team. You have responsibility, first of all, to yourself to do the best that you can do at all times, number one. But you have, a, uh, you have an obligation to your teammates, to the owner of the team, to the fans, to the league. I mean, you, you have to follow the freaking rules. I mean, come on. It's not like you're being put into a solitary confinement somewhere in a cell with, you know, maybe, maybe a, a window with some bars on it and no, air conditioning <laughs> and, and no TV. And, you know, I mean, come on, seriously, this is not, this is, I mean, some people would love to be able to be stuck in the bubble and have that for going on for their life right now. And get I'd paid say most people, money. most people would probably, I mean, if anything, this has shown just how extravagant of a lifestyle NBA players have, where they're, they're in this really luxurious situation and most of them aren't happy in it. They want to just go out and do other things. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, on one hand, I get it. You're a celebrity. You're a star. You're high profile. I mean, you're a man who has women chasing after you left and right. I get it. The temptation is there to go out and have fun. But like you said, you're a product of the NBA. You have a lot of accountability and a lot of people you're responsible for and to. And it is selfish. That's the only variable, the only attribute you can apply to an individual who decides to leave this bubble or break the rules is you're selfish. You're looking out for yourself instead of the greater good. And shame on you. It'll tell you a lot of, yeah, but it'll tell you a lot about a person and his character. I mean, if I'm an owner of a team yeah. and I see some players go and do this, I have to look at them totally differently as far as their character is concerned. Is this someone that I want representing my team? And do I want to be paying multi-millions of dollars to somebody who doesn't give a, you know what, but you for say it. it's a team in the league yeah. and everything else and only cares about himself. So to tell you something about them as people. And the way I look at it, it's, it's kind of like going back to college. You're on campus, right? Yeah. You're on campus. You got to stay on campus. Yeah. You got to follow the rules on campus. You don't have, I mean, and, and if you were off campus, you still have to have some of the rules. I mean, in some of the cities here, you got to go in now in Colorado where I'm, I'm now for the summer, you have to have a mask on if you go into any public building or all. I mean, there are certain rules that you have to follow, you know, as much as you may disagree with them, but they are still rules that have to be followed. So it's not as if you weren't in the bubble that you still could be doing everything that you wanted to do in life. That's not the case. Now, you know, if, if you're out of the bubble and you're out of the restrictions placed upon you by the NBA for what's taking place right now, yeah, that's fine. If you want to go out and do stupid things, then you can do <laughs> those, but not under the circumstance that exists right now. So we'll see how many guys are going to be able to show their true character. <laughs> well, some of them are. Like, like, for example, would you, how would you treat the Lou Williams situation? Like, would you have been upset? Or would you have been forgiving for family reasons and he was at a nightclub? Yes. 
Yeah, and, and his explanation is that he, he took care of the family stuff and then he had time remaining. And well, That's and fine. He took care of the family stuff. He did something stupid. He went out in public. He had a chance to get infected and go back to the bubble and bring the yeah. infection back there. He should be fined heavily. Yeah, people are just not taking this thing that seriously. I, 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 and maybe that well, is the reason why, thing, Cyrus, but... is because you read everything you read is the guys, these guys are in great physical condition. I mean, they're not, they're not people that have the chances of any of these guys getting the COVID 19 and dying from it is so slim. I know, but I mean, Rick, let me ask, but Rick, let me ask you this. Like, like, do you still think death should be the primary focus of this virus? Like, because it's not just death that scares me, at least. It's the long-term ramifications that so many people have. The, like, for example, look at our players right now. The, the world-class athletes, Rudy Gobert, one of the first cases, still, nearly five months later, cannot smell or taste. Would you want that in life? Like, would you want to, like, wonder if you're ever going to get those senses back? Like, that's why I take this seriously. I don't, I'm not worried about dying from this hey, thing. I don't, I don't think want, most people listen, should. I don't want to get sick ever for exactly. anything. Exactly. Okay? I mean, that's exactly. the whole point. I mean, so you yes. need to do what, what needs to be done. The problem with it, Cyrus, has been the misinformation that we've received. And that it seems like every other day, every other week, something different comes out that contradicts yeah. what you had heard the week before. So you don't know what the hell to believe. Yeah, that's I'm with you on problem. that. That's a that's a tough one. It's, it's a new. It's look. It's a new virus. It's hard to nail down what this thing is. I mean, the the smart researchers will tell you we know nothing still, or we know very little still. But you're right. There's a lot of stuff constantly published, and then you have a correction, and then people stop trusting the stuff they read. I get it. I hear you on that. It's it's frustrating. It yeah, sucks. And it is what it is. Like you say in life, the Oakland, you have to play the cards you're dealt. And we've been dealt the crummy hand. So the only people that are really can get through this really well, I think, are the people who played a lot of bridge. Because in bridge, you have to play bad hands. You know? <laughs> and, then, and in poker, you can fold them. See, poker, you can fold, right? Uh -huh. I fold. Okay, you don't have to play the hand out. If right. you're a bridge player, you got to play the bad hands, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then the really great players are good at playing the bad hands. <laughs> you know, I uh, like bridge playing people out there are going to relate to that. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, do this early. We usually wait till later in the show, but I got a 24 second shot clock question for you. Are you ready for it? Uh -oh, I'm always ready. All right. The question is, and I'll fire it right after this is who in your opinion is more just batshit crazy. <laughs> Uh, and referring to specific statements they made. Kyrie Irving a few years ago saying the earth is flat. And since then, it took him about a year, but he finally backtracked on that. Or more recently, Michael Portis Jr. of the Nuggets coming out and saying that COVID is fake and it is simply a tool for the government to control the masses. Which statement is crazier and why? Well, I think Kyrie's statement is crazier because <laughs> everybody knows the world isn't flat. And the other one is ridiculous, okay? <laughs> Crazy goes to Kyrie, ridiculous goes to the other one. I mean, come on, it's for real. I mean, it is for real. So that, that's a stupid statement. And, the, <laughs> and both of them are pretty stupid, actually. <laughs> but crazy, I go with the world isn't flat. At least he came back and responded. Do you believe the rumors, by the way, that, that about a month or so ago when the players had supposedly they all had this huge, massive conference call that Kyrie proposed uh, a new league separate from the NBA? Did that... Do you, did you believe that? I, I saw a lot of sources reporting it. And again, you were part of another league once upon a time, so that it is always a plausible option. Um, I mean, what did you think about that? Did you read that? Did you hear that? Or uh... no, that, that's just that's so foolish. I mean, come on, you, you've, got, <laughs> you've got a league that's so popular on a worldwide basis, and you're going to think about trying to go out and start something else up from scratch. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, I mean. So is he, is he trying to go, was that a double-barreled, you know, thing that he got for the craziness for the world is flat and let's start a new league? It must yeah, have been this a double-barreled shotgun he's been playing with. Eh? Yeah, he's not, I don't, yeah, I don't know if he's not a smart guy or if he just is no, just he, really I, out there. He, he talks, he's, he's very eloquent and talks exceptionally well. But, I've heard that. You know, here's the thing that my wife told me, and I, I've told you this before, it's really, it's quite appropriate. Honey? What goes into your brain doesn't necessarily have to come out of your mouth. You have to put it through the rock. The filter is important. Yeah. Filter That's why the old. Important. It's like Rick, the, old, 
the other cliche about open your mouth and stick your foot in it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, and another cliche behind every good man is a good woman, and I feel like your line is a perfect example of that. She she well, talks about very. Cliche. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, I, I found a few stories if you want to if you want to cover them. So we do have the bubble coming up. There is a, in my opinion, there isn't much to preview just because these are the same teams for the most part, and and we're really not going to know what we're going to see until they start playing. Um, but I found a few other things. The NBA has been kind of, you know, there's been some activity going on. Uh, this one was interesting and I wanted to ask you about it and it pertains to player numbers. Uh, Clay Thompson uh, revealed um, number 11 that he wears for the Warriors is very special to him. And uh, he was doing this Q&A, I guess, for fans in China. His shoe sponsor is Anta and we've heard the old acronym China Clay. He seems to have a lot of fun out there. Um, so this is what the number 11 means to him. He was in the 2011 draft class. He was the 11th pick. Uh, he mentioned the fact that it took him 11 dribbles to get 60 points. That is insane, by the way. That, that, uh, is, that is. That was 13 for 60. For, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, 13, 11 dribbles. That's, that's, that, that'll never happen again. Amazing. So K is the 11th letter in the English alphabet. Uh, the house he grew up in in California in Southern California was the 11th house on the 11th lane. That's a, a kind of over overboard in terms of a fascination and fixation with numbers. But again, a lot of players are like this. Superstition is very prevalent in sports. Uh, your numbers retired by the Warriors. You're one of the very few select uh, members in that class. What was your take? I mean, is, was your number that special to you? Or do you think this is kind of ridiculous? No, I, I think uh, I think it's great. Then it's I, I didn't realize there were that many uh, that many eleven things that contributed to it. You know, with all of those right. class eleventh pick, eleven dribbles. I mean, that's pretty cool actually. And so I can see why it's a very special number to him. And I think a lot of people have some type of uh, an affinity to a certain number for whatever the reason may be. And I mean, for mm -hmm. me, it was because. Willie Mays was my hero when I when I was really a better, I was a better baseball player you know so and then this rookie comes in when I'm back there when he was with the Giants and does the basket catch right which yes. nobody else does I mean Willie's the only guy that I've ever seen really doing that right but that's how my dad taught me how to catch fly balls when I was a kid growing up playing baseball basket so, catching like that yes, like that it's just like Willie Mays before Willie I before I ever saw Willie Mays as a rookie and I saw him as a rookie it's just oh that's my guy right there. Turned was that detriment? Was that detrimental to your learning experience? Or did that actually help you catch fly balls? I feel like well, that would no, be it's a really good to kind of watch it into your thing here, and then if it, then okay. if it were to hit here, you can hit and you got a chance to see it and get it. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It worked fine for me. That's the way he taught me how to do it. I mean, I still got some overhanded, obviously, but but it was that was kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah. So it, it it was important to me to the point even when I left the, the Warriors to go finish my career with the Rockets, Moses Malone had 24 and so i think that's another great trivia question who's the only player in the history of the nba to wear one number at home and one number on the road i don't think they allow it anymore i've never even heard of this yeah, so wait, wait. Two at home and four on the road were you really yeah you got you have such a claim to so much random yet fascinating nba information like that, that's that's just another one yeah, I think, I, think it's, I think it's a trivia question. Who's the only player in the history of the NBA to wear one number at home and one number on the road? That is weird. I wonder yeah. what the media guide resembled when uh when they yeah. had your, your I, I don't name. Know, and number I, there. I don't think they allow it. I don't. I don't think anybody else has ever done it. And I, I haven't seen it or not. I mean, oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah. So that is some. That cool. is some I, trivia. I would imagine, that would probably be an interesting story to do someday for somebody to do it. You probably. You probably could do a great, interesting book on it just to go ahead and call up all the different athletes and stuff and say, why did you wear your number and get stories for the different guys as to why they wore the number that they wore. That's incredible. That is incredible. I, I, that is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that one for a while. Well, what number do you wear when you're surfing? Oh, uh, well, there's no numbers. Uh, in, sir. I know, but when I, when I play, but I did play organiz uh, organizational basketball for up until almost 30. Um, so my number for most of my career was 10. And then one year, they gave me 15. Why I, I didn't pick it. They gave it to me when I was young. Okay. I played well. I was, you know, in high school, I was one of the top outside shooters. I was, I was a tiny kid, so I had to know how to shoot, and I did. Um, and then one year in my 20s, when I was in this, uh, this professional rec league, uh, they gave me 15, and I was pissed. Um, but I played okay, so then I all of a sudden was happy with it. That's, yeah, that's... Not much else to it. Um, number eight is my personal favorite number, though. Uh, I, I don't know if... So this is an interesting Why? thing. Why is number eight? Um, because no, it has nothing. Well, Steve Young, I love Steve Young as a football player. And then the number itself just, 
it's the shape of the number. There's a like a Taoist kind of yin yang form to it that just is appealing to me. I, I it's I'm not I, a very I think you grew up and you like snowmen. <laughs> no, no. Of course, most snowmen. If you really have a good snowman, it has three different circles. Correct, and they're not of the same size. Uh, and then, and then the number eight, just the way it's shaped, it just represents balance. And and uh, I love the I love the the Are allegory of that yin and yang stuff. You into exactly. That stuff? Oh, well, keep in mind that for someone who's more religious like you, um, even Taoism uh, uh, recognizes and acknowledges a, a higher being, an intellectual creator. So um, there is a religious aspect to it as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like the Taoist, the Zen philosophy is, if you can follow it, it'll bring you the most happiness, but it's hard to, you know, it's hard to stay in the present. So anyways, um, I don't know if you saw this. This might be an example of political ruck, uh, correctness run amok. Um, our boy Andrew, Andre Iguodala went on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this. And he tweeted something that should have been nice. He, he, he wrote number 23 from the Mystics is nice. And he was referring to the WNBA player. Um, what is her name? Ariel Powers. Uh, she plays for the Washington Mystics. Um, she took offense to that. Like he was just giving her kudos. He said number 23 from the Mystics is nice. She responded and said, put some respect on my name or keep this tweet to yourself. In other words, in other words, use my name, don't use my number. And he just re and he responded to that and said, no manners. And that was, that was his response. That's a bit much. I mean, look, the man is trying to show you some love. Like, I mean, what, what do you got to, I don't know. What do you think about that? I think it's being overly sensitive. <laughs> I mean, in a way, I mean, he's just saying number 23, if he didn't know her name right off the bat, he'd just say, hey, number 23 for the Mystics is nice, nice being, yeah, nice player, right? Yeah, right. So what the hell difference does it make? I mean, he was paying her a compliment. I'm with you. I, I, I do. Overly sensitive. I mean, people today are so overly sensitive. It's political correctness so bullshit that you have to deal with. I mean, it's so ridiculous. I mean, come on. I mean, golly. I mean. <laughs> I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, 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 to me, political correctness, correctness is a symbol of oversensitivity. It's a, it's a symbol of an overcorrectness. And it does in many ways infringe on free speech because – a lot of what we say nowadays is offends other people so easily that you got this cancel culture bullshit coming out and people oftentimes have their livelihood threatened just for saying something that really is innocuous, but one person takes offense and all of a sudden people make a big deal about it on social media. And it's so unbelievable. I mean, getting back to people accusing people of stuff from 20 and 30 years ago in their life. I mean, how many people grew up, and never did anything wrong whatsoever. Seriously. Zero. Zero. Siri. Seriously. Well, no, there was only one. You know. And even he got crucified. <laughs> but was he not a was he not a fallible human being for a Every, large part of his life when he didn't know he was the I mean, son of God? I mean, I, mean, I mean, we don't know everything that went on there. Yeah. And I'm not gonna get into the religious aspect of things as well. But Fair the bottom line of this is that nobody's perfect. You all make mistakes. No. You all do some things doing it. But to start coming out with stuff, I just know somebody that I know, and I'm not going to mention a name at all, who just got fired from a very prestigious job doing something because somebody brought up an accusation. And so whatever happened to the United States of America where you're innocent until proven guilty? Correct. Due process. I still Seriously. believe in that. Yeah. I'm well, with you. I just Some of the stuff that goes on in our country really – it disappoints me. It, it, it doesn't get to the point where it upsets me where I'm going to go and, you know, get stressed out or anything, or get <laughs> violent, but it's more of anything. It's an insult to my intelligence. Yeah. I mean, it truly is. Some of the things that go on, the, the people there, I lose total respect for them because what do you, do you think you must think I'm an idiot for you, for me to believe what you're saying and doing? You have to think I'm an idiot. I mean, there's so many things in so many areas that that happens in, and, and I hate to see it in sports. And the thing that's bothered me most about what's going on is why in the world are the, why are sports getting involved in politics? Stay the hell out of it. In politics and all of these other things that are taking place, everybody said, oh, they should be in there. You should speak up and do it. Look at, let's let sports be itself. Let's focus on making it as good as it can possibly be. Why is it that someone who came up with the idea or the concept that sports should be able to solve the problems of the world? I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't oppose all of it, but I hear you on mo for the most part. I mean, so, some, some issues are just so big. I could understand an athlete just not being able to stay quiet. You know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with them 
speaking out for things that they believe in and doing it, but don't do it while you're a part of, while you're involved in the game itself and doing it. The game should have nothing to do with that. Right. Leave the game alone. If you want to do that, God, go do it. Hey, God bless you. I mean, I'm happy that you have something that you're so committed to and you want to do everything possible to try to change things and make things better, but you don't do it while you're on your job. Right. Yeah, you're getting paid. Yeah, people are there to see you play. I Thank hear you. you. I hear you. Well, anyway, it's going to be what it is. So we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what we'll see what transpires. I I don't even know. I, I got to watch it just for us to be able to talk about it and see what it's going to be like. But it's not like I have it high on my priority list. <laughs> well, what's that? The bubble? Like this? The NBA? Yeah, I'm talking about watching what's going to go on and watching all the games and seeing what's yeah. happening. I take a look at it, and you know, obviously get a look at it so we could talk. I could talk about it, but. It's not like it's it's high on my list of doing it. I mean, it's going to be crazy. I mean, somebody sent me something the other day that they had a problem and everything that two of the cutout people or something had an argument or something. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the fans and those fake yeah, fans the in the stands? Fans sitting in the stands. Yeah, that's funny. It's going to be. I'm looking at it just to see what it's going to look like and what they're going to do. Uh, it's just from a curiosity standpoint, but it still comes down to it. It's still going to be basketball. You still have to play the game. And as I told you before, I know what it's like to, to play with no fans. When I played in the ABA, more people, <laughs> on, the be- more people on the benches at the scorer's table than the rest. Uh, I do like that. I'm hoping they won't censor too much because you can hear everything the players are saying now. And some of it is, is beautiful. I mean, you're, you're, you're actually seeing firsthand what the communication is, the frustration, the emotion. So I do hope that they don't censor too much of that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Well, it so depends what, if it's on cable or if it's going to be on network TV. I know there'll be, there's got to be somebody sitting there that's got to have the, the the buzzer, you know. That gotta, is true. Beep, the bleep, you got to bleep a lot of stuff, probably. Yeah, the seven second delay. They don't they don't bleep. They silence. So you notice these little pauses all of a sudden. Uh, the look, the season is over in terms of award consideration. Uh, who's your MVP? Uh, have you thought about it? Well, again, here you see my whole thing is I hate the fact that they have an MVP for the entire season with a schedule that isn't balanced. So to me, it's Giannis and, and LeBron. Simple. And that's, I'm picking either one of them. And to pick one over the other one is an injustice because they should never have only one MVP. There should never right. be one MVP. But we're going no by the rules. League, no other league does that. What other league does that? <laughs> well, the NFL. You have, different, you have two different conferences. You have a conference, NFL. two different conferences. NFL and I think NHL. Did NFL, do. right? Huh? NFL. I mean, they have. Don't they have their AFC? You know, most valuable player in the NFC. They do, right? but they also have a. They also have an overall one as well. Um. So, but yeah. So with that said, they're going to name an overall. You're 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 not going to name one. You're going to stay out of it. You're staying out of the fray. I don't, I, 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 first of all, I don't see how you pick the MVP of the of the season until the season's over. Well, I guess they're. I guess that's what the league is basically saying is that the season is over and that what's left is kind of like a warm up for the playoffs. The only games that really are going to matter right now are the ones that determine who gets in, right, for those last spots. So in the East, there's really two teams fighting for that eight seed, and in the West, I think you get what four or five teams fighting for the seven yeah. and eight seeds. That's I'm really gonna it. it. I'm going to I'm going to avoid this with you again. I'll get back to my same old thing that I still think it's so ridiculous and what you should have should have the most valuable player and the most outstanding player. They're not necessarily right. the same. I would pick Giannis as the, as the most, as the, uh, uh, the most, as the most valuable player. And I would pick uh, the most outstanding player as LeBron. Okay. Um, the LeBron thing is interesting because everyone who's picking him is doing so based on the eye test. The measurables don't really support him earning anything, but I, I hear what you're saying. What about the rookie of the year? Do you have a thought on that? Pretty easy, right? John Morant. Well, yeah, because he played the whole time, you know. I mean, but, but you know, obviously Zion is 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 a uh, is a heck of a player, and it's going to be fun to see what he does and see how healthy he's able to stay. But John Morant had a great year, no question. He did. Um, and then what about uh, Coach of the Year? Have you thought about it? Yeah, no, you know why? Here's the thing: <laughs> unless you're in the huddle and you can hear everything they're saying, I mean, it's hard to sometimes evaluate. And the biggest thing is, is that. If, and, and they've got the mics back in there, which is interesting. So you, you have a better chance of being able to determine, you know, how a coach deals with things now. And it's interesting right. that they allowed that back in because they did it after the 75 championship of us. They took him out because huh. Casey Jones lost his job over it. Wow. 
Oh yeah, I know yeah, that. Sure. Yeah, and then and, and also on that in that in the next year when we played and everything that the uh, the no the no intentional fouling off the ball was a rule that came in because that cost us a chance to go to the finals again. Yeah, yeah, you've mentioned that. That that hurts. about that story. So a that lot hurts. of interesting things have happened in doing stuff. So, you know, you just don't know because if you don't hear what the coach is saying, you don't know if the players are going out there and doing what he asked them to do. Right. Could you make a general yeah, conclusion? I mean, it's Could like you... the old story. You heard the old story. Like during the Celtics, the guys told me and confirmed it. One time they had the, the timeout. I don't know if it was Bill Fitch or whoever the coach was at the time. And they got out and Bird walked out, grabbed everybody together. He just said, screw all that. Just get me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you something about Bird the other day. That, that What a confident, just what a player. I mean, I, I, I really consider myself fortunate enough to be old enough to remember watching him play. He was something else. And you almost played with him. What a shame that, that – was it just that one year they reduced the, the rosters? Was it that one year gonna, they brought – I was going to go play for the Celtics, yeah. Because yeah, right, right. 1980, to save money, the NBA cut the rosters from 12 to 11. Right, and that's why Celtics, you didn't play Celtics for the Celtics. going to take me – because just think of all the players that went there at the end of their careers to play that they brought in to help them. I mean, Bill Walton, Scotty Wedman – Right. Uh, Tiny Archibald. I mean, it just, I, I, just a ton of guys went to finish out playing a year or so with the Celtics. And it would have been a perfect situation for me to do it at times, depending who you were playing against, they could have had Bird and me on the court at the same time. Oh, I just thinking that, about that. that, would that have been kind of, I would love to have done that. No, that would have been fun. I would have seen who the hell they wanted to decide to put their best defensive player on. <laughs> whoever, whoever it was, the other guy's going to have a field day. So, so was the, the, the roster reduction from 12 to 11, was it just that one year yep. they did that? Yep. Oh, so that's just fucking bad luck, man. I'm sorry. That's, was, that's rough. But, uh, well, you know, but everything in life happens for a reason. It wasn't yeah. meant to be, so I moved on. Yeah. But I would, have, uh, I would have enjoyed that because I love their style of basketball, and I think I would have fit in very well with them. And I think I could have been a real uh, positive asset to the team without question. I tried to do that with the Rockets. And uh, we just didn't, they just didn't take advantage of the personnel that we had as well as they should have. And that team should have been a lot better. Probably the most talented team I ever played on, mm. uh, you know, played with two hall of famers and another great player in Mike Newland, Mike Dunleavy. I mean, they had a lot of really good players on that team. And, uh, and yeah, it would have been fun to get a chance to have done that and play with bird. And, but Hey, as I say, you, you, you just have to deal with, uh, with the cards, you know, that you have yeah. in the hand that you're dealt and, wasn't meant. Uh, my that, son has it. I'm looking at it right now to my left. Everything happens for a reason. A big sign. My, my, my son, it's a thing to hang up on the wall that my son Scooters gave to me one time because I always say that to them. Son, all the boys and my daughter, everything happens in life for a reason. And sometimes you can't figure out why, but don't get frustrated and stuff over it. Just do the best that you can. Make the most of the situation that's there. And somewhere down the road, it might be the next day. It might not be the next year. It might be two years you will find out the answer yeah. will appear as to why that happened to you. But the last thing you ever want to do is to start feeling sorry for yourself. That does no good whatsoever. I hear you. It's easier be said than proactive. done, but you're right. Be proactive. Go out and try to get something done. Don't sit around feeling sorry for yourself. It doesn't do you any good whatsoever. And it just makes the situation worse. So. That's true. That is true. Uh, do, is anything driving you crazy right now? Do you want to do you want to play the yeah, old sounder? The, the coronavirus and then what's going on? <laughs> so COVID. Well, I tell you what drives me crazy is the fact that hearing that some of these guys are, are are breaking the rules about the bubble. That's what would that would be my drive me crazy for for you know since we've been around. I mean because that just is being just totally selfish and stupid. That, you know, Seriously. Lou Williams, this Lou Williams thing has really made me reconsider picking the Clippers to win the championship because to me, championship teams are focused and determined and that's their one goal. I suddenly don't see that with this Clippers team. I, you know, the Lakers, meanwhile, seem to have been unified this whole offseason. LeBron's been organizing practices together. I'm really reconsidering who I'm picking. I mean, the, the home court advantage was huge for the Lakers. That's gone. But again, you, you need that focus. I mean, I don't know if Kawhi and Paul George by themselves can carry that. Uh, so I'm with you, man. That's, yeah. yeah. That's fortunate. It really is. But, hey, at least we're going to have the games. And they say, but don't try to screw up what, you know, they're trying to do something, give fans something to be able to watch. I mean, the golf, actually, some of the golf, the golf stuff was kind of interesting. I mean, you get to see more of a perspective. You get they're doing some different things. I mean, for golf, 
do I care how the fans are charging? And the nice thing is I don't have to go, you know, listen to the guys, you know, shouting out all the go stupid things that the fans shout out sometimes in the golf tournament. And so it's a different experience. I mean, so, <laughs> what do they scream? I know they've screamed. I've heard nooner. You're the man, you're the man. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you're right. Like, golf is one of those sports where I, I, haven't, I haven't even noticed the lack of fans. I, I guess that's the one sport where really, it doesn't make much of a difference. I don't think. The NBA will be interesting. I, I'm not a big baseball fan anymore. I used to be so into baseball. I don't know why I lost interest in it, but I, I don't know what the fan situation is there. Have you been watching? Is that noticeable? Is it? Uh, I only I only watch when it's the playoffs. <laughs> gotcha. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm an October fan. Or if myself. I get invited, it's fun to go. If I get to go and go in <laughs> yes. somebody's, somebody's left somebody's box to go there and have some great food and yes. socialize with somebody and all. That's what it's more like for me. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, though, when I was younger, I used to watch games. I mean, I used to do the box score, write the stuff down, do everything. Same here. I mean, I used to play. Did you ever play? You guys, when you were growing up, and you're so much younger, did you ever play a thing called stickball? Um. Well, like, like the. You ever watch the movie Big with Tom Hanks? No. You know which one movie I'm talking about? Big, oh, it's, Big. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big. Where he he morphs into an adult. They play stickball in that movie, and I remember that was the first time I saw the reference to it. And it's just like baseball with a thinner, but the bat's like just one, a stick, right? It's not a bat. Is that kind of? There's two. There's two different types of stickball. All right. The first one, the most fun one, because then you did it and you used to go and say who the batter was. And I used to do that. I used to bat righty if the guy was righty, bat lefty if he was lefty. You used to get a broomstick that was worn down and you take all of the leftover stuff off and everything. And you take that and cut the little hard end where the stuff was attached off. And that was, that was kind of like the stick you did or the stick from a shovel, you know, a long, longer stick and you okay. have sizes and you can get one that you like to grip. And, and then you played with a thing that was called the Pennsylvania pinky. It was no a little pink is. ball, little pink ball, not as big as a baseball. And you used to take that and you would pitch that ball and throw that ball, the pitch against the batter, fast pitch. They would stand in front of a wall and then you would have the wall and you had a box with chalk on the wall around it to about, you know, underneath the, the up to like the top of the knees and the chest. I mean, obviously if guys are a little shorter or something, they have a much bigger strike zone for them. But, okay. But anyway, so then you would throw and throw the pitch, and you know, and if it and if you threw a pitch and it didn't hit the box to get some chalk on the ball, obviously it's a ball, so there was no arguments because the ball had to be clean. You clean the ball off every time you pitched if he swung or whatever, and then you you laid out and you had uh, some boundaries going that were be you know the foul lines, and so you had to keep it within it. And then if you hit it on the ground to a certain thing, that was like you got a single. If it carried in the air or past a certain thing, it was a double. If it carried in the air to another certain spot it was a and then you had a home run over you had some fences and other things and so it was really kind of a fun game and you could play it sometimes with uh with just you and another guy and you just wherever you hit the ball that's where it was and you had to go chase the balls down it took forever but sometimes you play it with with you know guys on the team playing the positions okay you know and you got and if you hit it you didn't have to catch it and throw it the first but if you hit it and the guy on your team my team if he caught the ball without dropping it and bouncing it that's an out if he caught it, it's an error. The guy goes to first base. So it was really kind of cool. And then the other one was you played, you played stickball, but you played with bounces. And you had guys out there in the field doing stuff. And you threw the ball up in the, in the street or someplace where it was flat. And it bounced, it bounced, and bounced. And then you hit it off the bounce. Interesting. And then you I, run the bases. And then you would actually run the base. It was, it was cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. Played a lot of stickball growing up. I, I, I was wondering, you, thank you for teaching me after all these years what they were doing in that movie Big. What happened to stickball? Like, why did it fade out of popularity? I mean, why aren't kids playing you know, that anymore? Just, you know, they get stuff, and the kids now all play computers and stuff, and yeah. they don't and hardly do anything outside anymore. I mean, but stickball, we used to love stickball. Then we'd go out, and we'd play hide-and-go-seek, and we'd play or ring where you go, and people go hide, and you have to try to find them. And if, if you got them and you found them, they had to go back and stand by the home base, and they try to do it. But then somebody can come and free the people at home base and run off and go hide again. I mean – we just used to play a lot of a lot of fun stuff. I mean, heck, I remember in the wintertime, if you got some snow and did stuff and you're off of school, we would go and if the street got packed down and doing it and you had snow on it and the people would drive really slowly, we would go hide behind something on the corners when somebody came very slowly around the corner. And then we'd run out and go and grab the bumper and, and scoot down. They couldn't see you. So the car would pull you and you'd slide all the way down the street behind the car. <laughs> and then popsicle stick races. If it rained, you go out in the rain and you'd have a popsicle stick and you put your name on it and stuff and you drop it in the gutter and see whose popsicle stick would race and get there before it went to the sewer. Uh, 
<laughs> the things you did to entertain yourself. How was Alaska, by the way? We haven't done a show in a while. Oh, very disappointing. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. Up. No, I, I love going to Alaska, but it was without question the worst trip I've had going to Alaska in all the years that I've gone up there. Uh, the water levels were low. One of the rivers that was a great river, I would just slay the, the char and just catch 100 or more fish a day. They had some, I didn't even know they existed, freshwater seals that okay. were there disrupting all of the fishing and going after the fish. But even then, though, see, here's the thing. Even then, how many people go out fishing? I caught 28 fish, okay, that day, which is terrible for me on that river. But of the 28 fish that I caught, probably 20 to 22 of them were 20 inches or more. Oh, okay. So do you know how many people catch a 20 inch freshwater fish in the lower 48? Very rare. So it's like, I'm so rotten spoiled. And I admit it from going up there because I just have these amazing days where I'm hooking a hundred or more fish. And then the amazing thing is, is my best and only day that it really was like Alaska catching, not fishing, catching, which is usually is. I got 50 pike on a lake. That was really kind of fun. And I have really haven't done that much pike fishing, but man, they come up and they hit it and they follow it into the boat and it was fun. I mean, so I, I had a good day and it was just an absolutely spectacular, beautiful, nice day with the, with the lake, no wind and the water was calm. And, and that was a great day. But the other days were a little disappointing. The, the sockeyes were late coming in. The Kings weren't doing real well on the one river we went for the King salmon and the sockeye salmon. So Overall, it was disappointing, but it was great to be with, you know, my buddy Clifford and, and his teammate and some other friends and people. And so it's all part, that's all part of it. And the beauty is just so spectacular. Um, so, you know, it's not like it was horrible, but it was disappointing. Yeah, it looked beautiful. I think you posted a picture on your uh, Instagram account. You can follow Rick Barry on all social media platforms at rick 24 Barry. Um, and I'll publish that photo on our, our uh, podcast Twitter account, which is at Warriors24Pod. Um, and the picture, again, looked amazing. Um, but, yeah, sucks about the fish. I've never caught more than three fish in a day. So all these stories you're telling me. Are oh, no, you, you, get, you truly do get spoiled when you go up there. But that's, that's, that's the truth. And, and normally I don't go up that time of year. I usually try to go up a little bit later because uh, I, I, my favorite fish to catch – I love trout, but I also love to catch the silver salmon because silver salmon are like trout on steroids. And when you go up there, the fish have been feeding all during the course of the summer on the eggs coming out of the different species of salmon that have been mm -hmm. doing their spawning. And you get a lot of really big, big rainbows and you get some big char and Dolly Vardens and, and I, I get to catch the silvers. I mean, I just love catching silver salmon. So mm. generally, generally August, the early September is the time that I prefer to go up there and all, but because it was kind of foolish what happened. I mean, silly in my mind, dummy, I wasn't thinking I had gotten the schedule for the big three for coaching and I, they had a week off. And so I made mm. my plans to try to go fishing that week. And then when the league, you know, canceled the season, I just kind of kept the same week and I'm saying, stupid me. Why the heck did I do that? Why didn't I look and find out if I could go in August when I would have rather have gone and would have had a chance to have much better fishing. But, you know, so it is what it is. You know, it's, you make decisions, you live with them and that's good. But I think I may go down to my friend's place down in Mexico and do some fishing Ooh. down there. Ooh, He's I got love a little mini resort and the fishing down there is crazy. You, you can catch tuna and you can catch wahoo and you can catch dorados and and you can catch sailfish and marlin. Where, and where in Mexico? Whereabouts? Rooster fish. It's, uh, it's on the Sea of Quartet and you go into Cabo and yes you get into la paz he's only about 35 minutes from la paz but and the road on the coast isn't done so you got to take a, a you know a long ride in the in the in the van and, and and go to the to the resort which is about two hours and 10 15 minutes away but it's still it's beautiful it's idyllic it is it's, it's, it is so so, so rick i so rick i've driven the entire baja peninsula and i oh, did yeah. this about i did this about 10 years ago drove from top to bottom uh, when I got, it takes about three days each way because you can't drive at night. And it's not so much a bandito issue. It's more the fact that there's no shoulder for the vast majority of that freeway. And at night, you have all sorts of critters, wildlife, cattle, just roaming the roads. And any kind of disaster like that just could ruin your trip. So you have to get up at the butt crack of dawn, drive all day, and then you, you kind of plot out where you're going to stay. So I saw the Sea of Cortez numerous times on this trip. Um, and, oh, then yeah. I stayed, and, and then I stayed down in San Jose del Cabo for about for a few weeks, got an apartment down there and then came well, back. Did you, go up, did you go up to the far, the, the, the far western, uh, eastern side of, uh, in, in the Sea of Cortez? There's a place there. 
yeah, Bahia yeah. de Los Angeles. Is that what you're talking about? Or, or are you talking Loretto? Uh, and then La Paz is, is also on the- 35, 40 minutes east of La Paz going towards, and it's a little cove that's there that, it's a little bay and uh, it's, it's amazing. I don't know. La Paz was a weird place. La Paz is a legitimately big city. I, the moment I got to La Paz, I just wanted to get out. Um, because everything before then was just tiny little towns, you know, resort spots, beautiful beaches. And La Paz is just this like massive hub. You well, don't really you go get north. Place. If you go out of the airport at Cabo and you go straight north. Yes. And then oh, you oh. there, then you can go and you finally get way up there going through these little villages and stuff. And, right. You know, then you go to the left to go to La Paz. You go to the right to the far end to get to where my guy's resort is. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a little bit north of La Paz was this town called Loretto. Yeah. Um, I think LA I've already. Been, I've never been over there and I know where it is, but I'm no ours is as far east as you can go. When you go to go on the road to go off to Loretto, if you go to your right and go as far as you can go, you'll go into the little bay and cove area where his resort is. It was and it's beautiful. It's supposed to be a it was a big this still there's homes there that are twenty five thousand square feet on the mountain and stuff. Yep. The guy who had the money ran out and the golf course is already in there, but now somebody's been looking at it. My friend told me, Gary, that uh, somebody may be coming and they may be redoing and getting the golf course back again and, and continue to try to develop it over there. But it's, it's a beautiful spot. It really is. It is. It is. That whole peninsula is beautiful. It's, it's a completely different world from mainland Mexico where you do have to be careful and cautious for your life, uh, mainly because of the cartel wars. But in, in Baja, Baja is just paradise, man. I, I love that place. Uh, all right, my man. Yeah. Have you been, were you at the Giggling Marlin restaurant when you were down in Cabo? I went to um, uh, Sammy Hagar's Cabo Wabo. Right. Uh, I, I did all the beaches. I went up to Toto Santos. Uh, you never went to the Giggling Marlin. The Giggling Marlin restaurant is famous down there, and it turns into a nightclub at night. It's where you go I in did and not. take pictures was, hanging upside down, and then you have a big picture of the Marlin standing there, and the Perkins people are hanging upside down. Oh, I would have. been there I for like it was 35 years. My friend, Gary Wagner, he, he built it by hand. And uh, Wow. One, the one former president of Mexico um, gave him citizenship, and it's very famous, very famous place. But now he's got three brands. He's got three brands of tequila that are all award-winning tequilas out. Oh, good, good for him! Tequila. It's the healthiest alcohol is tequila. So this is in Cabo. This is in Cabo San Lucas. His yeah. restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I only did Cabo like a day. That's a party spot, man. That's I mean Cabo. You go there to get hammered and to have a good time. I was there more to surf and to chill. And I took the more, the less crowded, more scenic approach. But we did, we did. I was with my girlfriend when I got down there. She flew there and met me. And we, uh, yeah, we, we, it was, it was awesome. It's beautiful down there. It's, uh, you know, I got a friend of mine who has made a fortune on, on a cryptocurrency, on Bitcoin, all that stuff. He bought a house in San Jose del Cabo down there. He goes there half the year. The other half of the year, he's in uh, Denver, Colorado, near you. Um, yeah, it's a good spot, man. But I'm sorry for getting that you got skunked a little bit on the fish. But at least Alaska is paradise, right? I mean, it's it's. Well, uh, we'll have some more things to talk about. I always love talking about fishing with the people. <laughs> didn't didn't come in, you know, to listen to us talking about fishing. And, <laughs> yeah, well, the, not a lot to talk about in the basketball world. Uh, but no, not yet. We're gonna start up now here right away, and so next time we'll have a little bit more to talk about, and and, and I'm sure there'll be some stupid things that'll happen that we'll get to talk about. As we are in the world of sports. And before uh, you go, and before we wrap it up, uh, uh, definitely if you can't talk to Brent, I do want to interview him and talk to talk surfing. Well, especially I brought since- it up to him again. I'll, I'll bring it up again. I mean, he certainly, he doesn't have stuff to do. I don't think he went down to the bubble, so he should have some time. <laughs> um, and then if you follow you know, me back. My son, my son Canyon surfs. I know, I know that. You have, I know. What is he doing? About- night surfing too. Is he safe, by the way? He's in Florida, man. I don't. I would not want to be in Florida right now. Like, is well, he's he not, safe? He's actually here with us in Colorado. Oh, right? of oh, this smart boy. Um, yeah, I would I'd love to teaching, interview. He's actually teaching basketball to kids, young kids. Till Canyon, I would love to have him on the show. Um, we welcome anyone. I'll take any of the Barry kids, in all honesty. And Rick, if you ever decide to follow me back on Instagram, my handle is at dogwild, one word. Uh, you could see some some photos and video of me surfing. I've seen a bunch of photos. I, I didn't do. I'm sorry about the thing at the follow. I'll, I'll do the follow. But yeah, I've seen a lot of pictures of you surfing. And okay. Stuff. Yeah, I just posted something new. I didn't realize uh, this. The, the the primary surfing forecast organization is called Surfline, and they have like surf cams everywhere. I didn't realize if you subscribe, my son, my son and my wife went to surf camp in South uh, America. Where in South America? Uh, I'm trying. To Brazil remember. or no? No. Like what country? Uh, where did they go? They went to, uh, oh, uh, uh, one of the ones the cruise ship stopped on. What the heck is the name of that? Um, are we on the Pacific or Atlantic side? 
No, on the, the no, it's on the Atlantic side. So it must have been it's either Brazil, Argentina. Uh, I don't know if any, any other countries. Someplace. I, I, Maybe. I they went down. Yeah, but they went to the surf camp. I mean, my wife went down there with them, and they went with his buddy from college. This Canyon? Canyon? And, okay. All right. Yeah, Canyon and his good friend and his friend's mother and his mother. They went. To yeah, surf. let him. Let them know. I'd love to have them on uh, my other, my surfing show is called Dropping In. Uh, yeah, we'd love to have them on. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, where, where's um, the piece of the dog uh, golf course that's down there? It's where this cruise ship stop. I have no idea, man. I am not uh, well versed on the cruise ship uh, routes. <laughs> I have no okay. idea. Whatever it was, he, but he's, he's, uh, he's into doing that. He, he loves that. Okay. So he, he's got a lot of that craziness in his system about doing things that uh, thrill seeker type of thing, you know. Yeah, he likes that fun. Slack line. He could. He, he. He. You should see him. He could do slack lining. You ever do slack? Try slack lining. I, in Costa Rica, I did, and it was Costa it was Rica. Fun. That's where they went. Oh well, that's not South America. That's Central America, Rick. You were throwing me off there. Yeah, Costa Rica is like a surf paradise. Yeah, that's. Uh, I spent a month month of my life there. It's a it's hey, a beautiful what the hell place. Do I, know? I mean, I wasn't a geography <laughs> major. It was down south, south of Florida. Coastal Central Rica, South. Who they cares? Went. They went to Costa Rica. <laughs> Hey, I'm uh, getting old, you know. I mean, give me a break. Oh, uh, okay. you're fine, man. Age is just a number. You, you I would, I would not. Right. It's just if I had to, number. if I had to guess your age just from a brief glance and your and your acumen from from the way you articulate yourself, I would guess fifty. So I, I think you're doing fine, Rick. You got a lot of years. Well, I'm just happy that my body what it was because the doctor told me I had my bike action. He said, Rick, if you had the bones of a man your age, I could never have operated on you. <laughs> thank God for that. Now, I, now I just walk around with all kinds of rods and pins and screws in me, but I don't know it, and that's fine. <laughs> I don't, I don't ring at the airport, which is amazing because I, you know, and that kind of scared me. I'm saying, well, wait a second. That means if somebody had said this kind of metal, it wouldn't ring. And if it's not showing up in there, somebody could actually go ahead and do a weapon with this metal, and then that's not good. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Anyway, listen, everybody. Uh, I hope everybody is doing as well as possible during this uh, insane time that we're living in. It really, truly is, and hopefully, we'll get to some sense of nor normalcy here as quickly as possible. Hopefully, by the next time that I'm on with Cyrus, uh, the Surfman Satchis, that he'll actually have maybe shaved and cut his hair. <laughs> I have a good excuse. I hope I, I hope I find a good excuse. You know, I'm trying to find some ladies out there. That's my incentive. If I actually get a date, yeah, isn't it amazing what guys will do for women? Yes, yeah, that, really, that's it. Truly a... is. It, it truly is. Anyway, everybody, <laughs> stay well, stay healthy. God bless. Uh, this is Rick Barry for Warriors 24, and for Cyrus Satchis, stay well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.